Welcome to Beyond the Board, a podcast that explores the themes and real-life inspirations behind tabletop games. I'm Mike. I'm Spencer. And on today's episode of Beyond the Board, we'll be discussing the game Pandemic. But first, we just want to say we're glad we're back. We're back! We are totally back. Yes, it's really exciting. We had uh, we had a little bit of a hiatus about. Um, I will not go into That's the amount of time, time. <laughs> but we had a little bit of a hiatus. But we are back now, and we are ready to uh, to dive into some more games and more of the 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 reasons why we play them. If this is your first time listening, just so you know. Spencer and I are very into board games, and we like to get real meta with our games. And one of the ways we do this is we research different games themes and topics, and it gives us a better understanding of the different aspects of the game. And an appreciation of it, too. Absolutely. Just really understanding like why the game was designed the way that it was. Why does it have that particular coat of paint? Exactly. Uh, we nerd out about it. Total nerds. So we are fortunate enough to be supported by a couple of nerds here in Chicago, specifically called the Nerdalogs. They've got their own little network of podcasts, and uh, they picked us up, and now we are part of their network. That's right. So uh, we're ready to be part of this nerd community once again. We're happy to be embraced by it. You'll be hearing about their podcasts all the time from us. Absolutely. But let's dive into it. Should we talk about Pandemic? We most certainly shall. Uh, so, So Pandemic, it's a cooperative game about... Uh, curing diseases all over the world. Yeah, more or less. And that's an important word, cooperative, because a lot of games that maybe people are used to playing are competitive. You're, you're trying to beat everybody at the table. Pandemic is a little different. You're trying to beat the game, which is actually kind of cool to, to be sitting around a table and be working with your friends rather than trying to destroy your friends. Absolutely, yeah. So you're all working together, you're part of the CDC, uh, and this game is easy enough that a lot of people who are familiar with, I guess, the basic games, they call this one a gateway game. So if you're if you like board games, but you're not like looking for a really, really complex game, you can get into this one really easily. Uh, and you can get into it really easily with a bunch of friends because, like we said, it's cooperative. Um, but Pandemic, it's a game about curing diseases all over the world. So we'll jump right into it. What is a pandemic? Right. Why Why? Why that name in the first place? So pandemics are they're situations, essentially, that arise from a particular disease that is prevalent in spreading not just like in a small area it's not like you know how flu season comes around and like everybody at your office gets sick that's not a pandemic a pandemic is something that goes sweeping across a country across the world and oftentimes what we're talking about here i mean the name pandemic if you broke it down by its parts pan comes from the greek word for all and demos for demic is people so not demons it, not demons actually <laughs> but it is all people i mean that's what we're talking about in terms of like how big in terms of proportion this disease is affecting. And what's really important is to remember that it has to be an infectious disease. So the flu, which is an infectious disease, uh, even though it might be in a small contained area, uh, it's important that it isn't infectious. So cancer would not be classified as a pandemic if a bunch of people had cancer because you can't spread it from one person to the next. It grows inside of you, it's separate. Uh, but an infectious disease being something that might be caused by an airborne virus or, or germ that goes out or or something that's transferred by fluids, whether it might be a, um, a sexually transmitted disease or something that might get into an open wound. Right. And like that, 
that definition comes from organizations that study this. So one of them that we're going to talk about is the World Health Organization. This Who? Is, exactly. The WHO. <laughs> they, they're an agency of the United Nations, and they talk about pandemics in an interesting way because they're focusing on new diseases or new strains of existing diseases. So you might hear that flus oftentimes have a different strain or multiple strains in a season. That's where these pandemics come from is because because of the fact that they're new, people have no preparation in terms of their immune system to fight off this particular disease. That's why it spreads so fast. Our, our immune systems are not ready for this sort of thing. Mm -hmm. And you also have the backing of like the entire United Nations, which helps you reach all those different areas of the world. And that's why it's important that they do study the new diseases. Another disease prevention organization that you might have heard of is the CDC which I know I got to learn a little bit more about watching The Walking Dead. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but uh, it's not the CDC I want to go to. So the CDC is U.S.-based agency in Georgia, and they're, they have the similar responsibilities of WHO, the World Health Organization, except they're uh, mainly situated in America. So they, simil they similarly have the same responsibilities as WHO, but like I said, they're more localized, so they're still working towards finding cures for infectious diseases, and, and specifically in the United States, anything that's affecting the majority of the population. It's actually really funny that you mentioned The Walking Dead or that you heard from it, because the CDC even, it must have been like a year or two ago, they posted... Like, they updated their page so that it had stuff on how to prevent or deal with a zombie apocalypse. <laughs> it didn't. It was a very, <laughs> like, it's a fun thing for a, a big government organization to do something like that. But, yeah, they sent out or published materials on how to deal with a zombie apocalypse. Um, <laughs> and so the CDC is out of Atlanta, Georgia, which is where we as players in Pandemic start. So it makes sense that we talk about the CDC, and now we have an understanding of why in the game Pandemic... All of us as players start in Atlanta and then spread out around the world to try and contain these horrifying new diseases that are about to spread all over the place. Yeah, the the pretty much the worst diseases that you can think about, uh, which the the World Health Organization and the CDC didn't necessarily exist all the time. And uh, so we're going to take a quick break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about some of the worst pandemics in history. Um, pretty terrifying stuff. And we're back. We are back. We are back in black. Specifically, oh. the Black Death. That's right. Black Death, Black Plague, the Great Plague. You could even just call it Plague because <laughs> it was so bad that if you just say Plague, people pretty much know what you're talking Ebonic about. Ebonic Plague. Probably heard of that one. That's right. This was a while ago. So we're going to take a second, close your eyes, and go back in time to the 1300s. Hundreds. Ooh, scary time. Stinky time. Very smelly time. And that smell is actually going to be really important to note as to why this plague was as devastating as it was. Mm -hmm. um, so the plague, uh, first of all, the name, the Black Plague, it, it became known as that because sailors actually came back to port with all these big black sores all over them. And it was just commonly known the Black Plague because it was disgusting looking. 
Yeah, and so like these people would come in with sores. They would have very flu-like symptoms, the headache, chills, and everything like that. And this thing devastated the European and Asian population uh, at the time. So it wiped out nearly 40 to 60% of Europe's total population. If you look at that in American terms, so you have the current American population for perspective, that's over 200 million people. Yeah. That's that's over half the entire country. Or It's, it's absolutely ridiculous. Uh, world population from that time went from about 450 million to about 350 million. That's 28% of the global population lost. It's just like absolutely mind-breaking to think about the levels of death with this sort of thing. And I mean, it was a gruesome, gruesome tale. And let's go back to that smell, that, that horrible situation. Why did this particular plague spread the way that it did? Well, there's actually a lot of debate in terms of like the death count and how it was spread and there's general understandings of where it came from, but a lot of the theories mostly point towards rats, black rats, again, kind of alluding to where this name might be coming from. And then on top of that, the fleas that are on top of these black rats that are coming from ships from all over the world. Specifically, they're kind of pointing the finger towards somewhere in India as like the origin of this particular thing. Mm-hmm. And and these rats would, and these fleas would, would bite and, and different parts of their saliva or the fleas would get in open wounds because people aren't really taking care of themselves. If they cut themselves, so they cut themselves. They're not going to like wash it out with antiseptic and put a Band-Aid on it. They don't have that. It's just like, you're dirty. You're dirty. Things get into things. Things seep into things. Sometimes uh, germs would be left on clothes. People would put the clothes on. They have a cut and it would get in there. And then, so they didn't actually know where it was coming from. It was only later that they find out it was like rats and fleas. I mean, the concept of hygiene or the importance of hygienics was just not, it just wasn't there Mm -hmm. uh, as part of this particular population. That certainly comes about later in history as a reaction to this sort of thing. But, I mean, not only just in how wounds were addressed, but like waste of a city, both human waste and food waste and everything like that, just in the streets, it is... It is just a perfect situation for something like this to happen where it would just be so easy for one thing to go wrong and to spread everywhere. Poop was literally thrown out of windows. Yeah, yeah, like buckets. You'd have to watch out when you're walking down the street. You'd have to keep a heads up on that sort of stuff. You wear, you have your nice hat when you go to church and then your poop hat when you walk down the street. It's the and It was the sort of thing where you're right that we didn't really, or they didn't at the time have a good grasp of, who was to blame for this sort of thing. They certainly weren't looking at necessarily rats and disease being carried by rats. And so instead, you see this situation that you see countless times in history where you see people pointing the finger at smaller groups of people and or outsiders or foreigners or something like that and saying, well, it's clearly their fault. They're the, they're the outsiders, they're the intruders, they're the ones who have poisoned us or or turned against us or something. They brought something in from wherever they are, and that's why this is happening. Mm-hmm. And we're talking about, like, the Romani, the what we call, uh, people call gypsies, mm-hmm. uh, the Jewish population, really anybody who was a foreigner. And these people got attacked, literally attacked, as a result of this. Mm. Which probably only 
made the disease spread even quicker. <laughs> right, because now you have corpses that are the perfect place for something like this to fester, and then it's just going to go in a pile in the street for a while, and it just, it's just a cycle at that point. Yeah. And, and you didn't have anything like the CDC or the World Health Organization or anything like that. There was just... It, it was all it was all over the place and there was no stopping it and and that's why so many people died but speaking of foreigners our next terrible pandemic would be the spanish flu which happened uh, i think it started specifically around 1918 yeah, so like the Black Plague lasted a long time. It was years and years and years of this devastating effect. And the Spanish flu was like over like that by comparison. It was this burst of two waves of lethal influenza. It was called the Spanish Spanish flu because it is influenza that is being spread around here. Uh, and like any flu, this particular strain of the flu was one that either our population just wasn't prepared for at the time or the immune systems hadn't kind of been dialed in to, to fight against it. And there are some other reasons why it spread around as fast as it did, but it's the flu. It's kind of crazy to think that a flu could be as devastating, but it was bad. Yeah, I mean, you don't have the vaccines and the care that we take nowadays with flu shots, just even regular flu shots. Uh, uh, none of that really existed. So so people were seeing all the flu-like symptoms with the nausea, the aches, the fever, the diarrhea, uh, pneumonia, uh, dark spots on the face. Uh, they would turn blue because people were suffocating from all the fluid in their lungs. It's gross. <laughs> it was it was devastating. And, you know, it's you, you mentioned here that it's, you know, it's this foreign flu, or it's the, it has the name the Spanish flu, but like the origins of it are actually relatively unknown. A lot of people will kind of pose different ideas here about did it come out of Spain? Did it come out of a different country? Did it come out of the U.S.? Some of the earliest recordings were actually of soldiers in forts in the United States, but it got the name Spanish flu. Mm -hmm. And in France, uh, they actually they called it the Spanish flu because they. They first, I mean, people first started hearing about it when it was in Spain, but the Spanish called it the French flu for the longest time. It just didn't pick up as quick, though, because they thought it came from France, which is just another reason everyone's pointing at fingers at somebody opposed to working together to try to cure it, which we find later in history, it actually works out a little better. It infected nearly 500 million people around the whole world. Right. That's why we're classifying this as a pandemic, like... Yeah, you have your flu seasons in the United States that pass through maybe a small city, but this is 500 million people across the entire world mm -hmm. getting affected. And it being 1918, it was around World War One, which was a nasty trench-filled war where people are sitting in water and and they're getting dirty and sick and things are spreading really quick because everyone's in these close confined areas. Uh, and everybody from all over the world are in these close confined areas. Well, it's important to note, too, like you were saying, these people are going back to countries where the, of their origin. And it was so much easier to travel then than by comparison to, you know, 600 years ago when we're talking about the plague. Travel was slow. And that's why this thing took years and years and years of the plague to kind of just creep across Europe and parts of Asia. But this is an era in which we have ships and, you know, planes, and we have uh, the ability to transport people rather quickly. And so it's only natural then that it is going to spread as fast and rapidly as it did by comparison to 
the plague, for example. Mm -hmm. And with the 500 million people infected, roughly 50 to 100 million people died. That's about 3 to 6% of the entire global population. And it killed 20% of those who were infected. And that's way, way higher than the 0.1% of people who die from the flu today. Yeah, we you you will hear every once in a while of a case of somebody dying from flu symptoms, and it is oftentimes uh, elderly or or even younger children who are uh, are most affected by the flu because their immune systems either aren't developed or they are kind of on the the end of things. But this was a particularly strange thing because it was affecting all these what should have been young and healthy people, these soldiers, but. Like you described earlier, these horrible conditions in which the the war was taking place, it just added on to already a pretty horrendous death toll. Mm-hmm. Uh, now, we talk about these terrible pandemics that happen throughout history, and we think about those and we're like, oh, well, we've learned from them. These could never happen again. Well, the board game pandemic takes place in modern day times. You can fly to all over the world trying to cure diseases based on your character and your your special abilities. But that's because these things still happen, and there are still some pandemics happening now. Yeah, there are a number of diseases that the World Health Organization and the CDC are still tracking and trying to figure out cures for, or at least ways to prevent the spread of them. Uh, we have two in particular that we thought we would bring to your attention just because of how spread out they are, uh, maybe to a surprising degree. You, you've you certainly probably heard of these before, but maybe the extent to which they've affected the world uh, might be new information for you. So we're going to talk first about malaria. And this is the sort of thing, malaria has still to this day is affecting hundreds of millions of people every year, like new cases every year of people being affected by this particular disease. Mm -hmm. And you probably have heard of malaria. It's the one that comes from mosquito bites, and that's how it's transferred. It's the only way it really can be transferred. There's a very specific strain of mosquito called the Anopheles mosquito, and they transmit malaria from person to person, and it goes into their saliva and just pops into the next person, and it spreads pretty quickly, and you don't even see symptoms for about a week and it just stays dormant in you. Yeah, and it's the sort of thing, you know, we're talking about these millions of cases that are going on here, and we're talking about hundreds of thousands of deaths every year because of this. And it is considered a pandemic because it is affecting multiple regions across the world. Specifically, we're kind of focusing more so on regions in uh, particular areas of Africa and South America in particular that are really getting, still to this day, in Central America, getting devastated by new cases of malaria. You, you really aren't seeing it these days in other parts of the world, but in those, those places that don't have access to resources to prevent the spread of something, like even something as simple as a mosquito net can save so many lives. Mm-hmm. Because it is a disease that if it is found and cured or it, it's treated, it can be cured. You, you won't necessarily die right? Um, if, if you can get the access to those resources. But like Spencer said, there are so many places that don't have access. They're, they're just poorer areas of the world. Um, so on a lighter note, tuberculosis. <laughs> yeah. So, the, I mean, another sort of situation here where we're talking about something that, if treated, can be taken care of, And oftentimes, treatment isn't necessary, but 
here's like the crazy thing about tuberculosis or TB is that about a third of the global population is infected with TB. That means you. It's. I mean, it's. it's you know, I have that situation in a, like a classroom. Where I look to the neighbor to the left and look to the neighbor to the right. <laughs> One of you has TB sort of situation. And just think about how huge of a number that... I mean, we're talking over 2 billion people. You hang out with two of your friends. One of you guys probably have tuberculosis based on those statistics. From the statistics, yeah. And and these... If that's the case, like, why are we not talking about it as much? Or why isn't it the sort of thing that everybody is like, oh, my God, we need to get a cure for this and, and treat this immediately? Is because actually a lot of people who are technically infected by it it's latent inside them, which means they don't actually have any sort of symptoms. They don't demonstrate any of the negative symptoms that uh, come about from having TB. Mm. And it's spread by coughing, uh, sneezing, speaking, getting like airborne germs on things. So if you have it, but you're not showing any of the symptoms, it's not going to spread. And that's one of the things to remember. I think the CDC specifically on their website said that... uh, uh, it says specifically coughing, sneezing, speaking, or singing. Singing, really? Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Can you imagine if you're coughing up blood, though. Yeah. You're probably not going to be singing to me, too. The, the interesting thing is, like, this, this has all the sort of trappings or symptoms that we're used to when we're thinking about these sort of really terrible diseases, weakness and fever and sweating and things like that. A key thing with tuberculosis is weight loss. Uh, that's why, for the longest time, it was called, like, the wasting disease, where you, you would just see these people wither away in front of you over a short period of time as they're infected by this particular thing. It was TB or Nutrislim. It's, it's like, it's, it's, and the, when I say like, it was, it was, it was called the wasting diseases because this thing has been around for as long as we can really track diseases. <laughs> like this goes back into ancient, like antiquity where there have always been the presence of this sort of wasting disease that we see people just melt away in front of you and i it had again you see these situations in which people are pointing the finger at a whole host of groups i remember specifically in another podcast that i like lore they pointed it as a, a vampire a sort of connection to vampirism uh for a period of time yeah. um so this has been around for a long time and our understanding of it has certainly increased but i mean my understanding of it is now blown away by knowing how prevalent it is today. It yeah. just blows my mind. I didn't even I didn't even realize that it was still an issue. Yeah, so you it, could have it. It's well the <laughs> the crazy thing like when you look at like causes of death in the world and you see things like, you know, car accidents or heart failure or cancer things like that, TB is the one that is the highest up that you can point to and say that's an infectious disease. So it is mm. the most lethal in terms of infectious diseases or the highest likelihood of cause of death. So it's 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 out there and it's gigantic in its influence and it's in it's one of those things where you just we have the luxury of not having to really think about it very much but that's what pandemic is kind of showing in this game is like no these things are out there and they can spread rapidly and very easily this is not an ancient idea mm-hmm. even though it has been around forever but yeah that's uh that's that's our quick <laughs> hash out on diseases yeah, so I mean that's that's pandemic. That's a it's a fun it's a fun game. Despite, <laughs> despite, despite the kind of the the heaviness of the topic, the game is very fun. I've used it a number of times to, to bring people into 
modern board gaming, uh, like you said, it's that sort of gateway game approach, cooperative. It's, it's, it's easy to get people around the table. So highly recommend it. And now if you play it, you have a maybe a better understanding or appreciation of the kind of the severity of what you're dealing with, what you all are fighting against as a team at the table. Go CDC. Uh, well, thanks for listening to Beyond the Board. Uh, if you guys have any questions, comments, send them to beyondtheboardpodcast at gmail.com. You can also follow us on Instagram at goingbtb. I do some fun little graphics for uh, each one of these episodes. And you can also hit that little subscribe button on your iTunes because we're back, baby. Right. Uh, just subscribe, tell your friends, leave a review. We like hearing from you guys. And in the famous words of Bob Barker, remember, folks, always vaccinate your kids.